This is a Head Cannon Circus production. You had to go to Florida to get those? What? <laughs> now, they sell Pepsi in Georgia. Oh, you know shit. what I'm saying? They ain't, got, they ain't gonna worry about me, man. Pepsi ain't gonna do nothing to me. They're making too much money to care about this one can. Okay. Dang. Did you have Don't to worry. hit the secret code? Hell yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's, I got it up north, so they don't know nothing about it down here. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> well, y'all, what's up? What's up? Once again, it's another episode of the Gladiator Cypher Podcast. It's your boy. The Thugnificentennial Man, a.k.a. Uchi Wally. But is Wally like the robot? That's <laughs> <laughs> funny. I got one more. Oh, my God. The Mandalorian Candidate, a.k.a. Pseudonym Slim, coming back at you live once again. Got my co-host here. What's going on, fellas? Nothing, man. We in the building. It's a deal, man, with these crazy-ass kids. <laughs> <laughs> See, sound, like, sound like they got that Kwame Brown energy going on right now. Yeah, huh? definitely. He out here acting crazy. I don't know what's up with him. <laughs> man, let's jump into it. So we've had um, – it's been almost like a, a media storm with this dude. He's releasing so much content here, i say, in the last couple of weeks. Um, I think this all started. Uh, forget what show it was. You're gonna have to uh, pick up on that. But basically, people were kind of getting down on Kwame Brown's career. You know, with him being a, a first round pick and everything, and not panning out. I guess the way some folks would have imagined a first round pick's career going. And I think his main rebuttal was like, "Look, you know, I was in the league 12 years, a family straight, everything. Like, what more do you want to me that success? How do y'all feel about this whole Kwame Brown situation?" Feel free to oh, go was, into um, a little more the, detail. Was at All the Smoke with uh, Matt Barnes and yeah. uh, Steven Jackson. Jackson. And uh, I think Gilbert Arenas was the uh, was the yes. host. Bro, yeah, I, I, don't, I, I don't think Gil really took no real crazy shots at him. No, mm-hmm. he didn't. I didn't. I didn't think it was it was it was too bad. Um, I don't know. I think Matt. Yeah, Matt Barnes and and Steven and and uh, Steven Jackson kind of they gave him a couple shots, but. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was that bad, but I, I think this is a product of like a PTSD, man, for Kwame Brown and shit. You got to deal with fucking Mike and Kobe in your career as a number one pick, and you got these niggas as the leads. Like, <laughs> <laughs> buddy, ain't said I've never heard this guy speak <laughs> until now. Never, I've never heard his voice until now. No, got a press conference. Not nothing. I've never heard this man's voice until now. You know what the next video got to be? He got to go smack at Mike. You said what? He got to go right at Mike. I've been holding his back. I don't think he go. Like, I was reading something, and I kind of agree with it. He he hasn't. Like, when the Legends was coming at him, he knew Mm -hmm. what time. Well, he took the criticism is what it is. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, Matt Barnes. I'm not going to let Matt Barnes talk shit about yeah, As, like he said, you 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 drove five hundred miles because because your shorty was getting crunched. <laughs> Someone's gonna open your door. Woman <laughs> nah. back to school just to show up got class. <laughs> Look here, man. When a nigga starts singing R. Kelly on you, 
you know you getting clapped. You know you getting clapped with a joke as I was singing. Now I'm with you. So like all the smoke podcast and me went over that. The problem is, like you said, Gil was just saying when he got there, Kwame was like being hosted up as if he was going to be the guy now because Mike had left. Mm-hmm. And they were saying, I guess he said uh, Stackhouse was the one that was like, yeah, if you average five points last year, which that's what Kwame averaged, mm-hmm. you, <laughs> you ain't all of a sudden going to average 22. So player. like, you know, basically saying the team is Gilbert's. And that's what Gilbert was like. He was like, oh, okay. Um, the other two, you know, I like Steven Jackson a lot. So I, I feel bad saying like talking shit about Steven Jackson, but like Steven Jackson was an undrafted dude. Steven Jackson, if Steven Jackson never made anything of his career, nobody would have cared because he had no expectations. True. Matt Barnes, like you said, you, if you Matt Barnes, you got to fall back. Like I said again, you can't have another dude take your woman and take out your kids and be, you know, your, your kids calling that joke a stepdaddy Fisher. You can't, you you can't say nothing. You 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 disqualified. But right. I like to go to the fact that like Kwame's right. Like you're an 18 year old dude being hoisted is supposed to be the franchise of this team. Then as you in that seat, the greatest player of all time decides I want to play. Mm-hmm. Then while you're in that seat, 18, your body ain't developed, your mind ain't developed. The greatest player of all time is now trying to make you develop into something that you're not or probably not ready for. Like, it just, a lot goes on with that. And then we know Michael Jordan can be petty. We know he can be that boys club. We Uh know how Jordan get down. Let's not act like it's a hidden mystery. You know, everybody's like, oh, the last dance. Well, man, we knew Jordan was like this. If you read the Jordan rules back in the day, Jordan was a dirty dude anyway about that. Mm -hmm. So this ain't nothing new. The, The problem is, is that, like, Unlike even Kobe, unlike MJ, mm-hmm. MJ got to go to college for four years, well, three years. Kobe came out of high school, but remember, Kobe didn't play much his first year. Mm-hmm. People won't yeah. remember. If you remember, Kobe shot that air ball on a game uh, game winner, a buzzer beater, and everybody was clowning Kobe for shooting the air ball. So the pressure wasn't ramped up for them because they were neither one of those guys were number one picks. Kwame Brown can't, you know, he can't hurt. I mean, he can't. It's not his fault he was picked number one, point blank. Yeah. Like he didn't pick himself. He didn't draft himself number one. So, you know, granted, was he probably the best player coming out of that draft? Who knows in the NBA, man? Because mm-hmm. a lot of times in the NBA, a lot of the first-round picks, I mean, you go with LeBron, uh, maybe what? Iverson wasn't in the best because Kobe was in Iverson's class. Um, like, it's very few first-round, first-overall picks in the NBA that end up being, like, the franchise guy. Remember, Elijah Wong was picked number – was number two. Jordan was number three. I think Sam Bowie was number one, I think, that year. Sam Bowie broke leg ass was definitely number one. Yeah, so I mean <laughs> like he, he, so said, Kwame, yeah. he broke his he broke his leg goddamn walking to get some water or something. <laughs> <laughs> and so Kwame's right. Like if you go down these list of first round picks, this dude played in the league 12 years, 13 years. Like I, I get it. He wasn't the, lived up to the expectations of the first overall pick. But to call him a bust, like you said, to be calling him a bust on a level like of Jamarcus Russell. The Joker that I was worried about was wearing snowman chains on the sideline. Nah, man, we can't right, do that to that on. man. Oh, hold on now, Kwame Brown was a bust. <laughs> Let's just keep. Nah, it nah, there. we can't. We, we can't call the Joker a bust. You played twelve years. Can't call him a bust because he played. And 12 the most years. he averaged was what eight points. Yeah, a bust for me is somebody that flakes out of out of the league. Like you got drafted and you couldn't hack it in the league, and so you you busted. You you like we've all nah, bust. Dude. We nah. already hit our head on the ceiling. You bust. Nah, bro. <laughs> nah. It's a lot of niggas that's bust that stayed in the league that was that was supposed to be you know what I'm the state of the league for for 12 years. We t- we talking we talking basketball, we talking football, anything. I'm talking basketball. Oh, all right. Yeah, 
him was the was the scrunchy face uh nigga name uh uh use a lot of them in the NBA bro I can't uh, big face not Odom what was his name yeah Greg Greg oh Greg Oden yeah, yeah. Look like, look like, look like LeBron granddaddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Play like five years. What are you talking about? <laughs> nah, it's a couple. That, that, come on, bro. Like this nigga was supposed to be like the next, because he was a five, right? Carmen Brown was a five, right? Or was he a well, four? He he should have been a four, but yeah, they put him at the five. He put him at the five, right? Yeah, nah, bro. He just I'm, I was looking at his stats. He was a bust. Nah, was, and I think that's and I think that's bigger. His biggest issue right there is like. What are we defining as a bus? To me, a bus is a guy that flicks out of the league. Like you can't play at all, so nobody wanted to even put you on a team anymore. The Joker played twelve years. <laughs> he just wasn't a good. He wasn't an all-time or all-star. But a bus. But I think that's what that's that's what makes it a bus, though. Like he never, he never did anything. Like he never, like he never had that breakout season. Like okay, he's a, a he wasn't even a good player. He just played. And I, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm anybody that plays in the NBA for 12 years is a good basketball player. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to matching up talent in the NBA, he was never that breakout guy that everybody thought. Like he he came first pick out of high school. Like you think of cats like that, you think Kobe and Bron and shit like that. You don't think Kwame Brown. Well, that's my point. I'm trying to get at. All right, if he was picked number 26 in the first round. And played 12 years. What would we call him a bust? I don't think if he got picked 26, he would have played 12 years. I think he would have been cut that for at that first contract. But because of his wow. name, I think because of his name and the, the hype that was around him, motherfuckers took chances on him. For 12 years? Yeah, bro. Come you got on. the first six was with Mike and Cole. <laughs> Come on, man. Ain't nobody taking 12 year chances on nobody. Bro, you can't even get a 12 year or he averaged four points. Second year, seven points. Third year, 10 points. Seven points, seven points, eight points, five points. Like, come on. Like, why are we still taking chances on it if it's not just for the name? What That's else is he contributing? It's, it's it's rebounds. That... You're seven feet. You're re- averaging, what, five and a half rebounds? Like, what are we talking? What are we talking about? Get stuck. How many minutes he's getting, though? You, you saying all this. They're going to been playing like three minutes. Nah. Average for the career, 22 minutes. First year, 14 okay. minutes, 22 minutes, 30 minutes, 21 minutes, 30 okay. minutes, 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 22 minutes. He in the game. Yeah. <laughs> he in the he game. Sports. He ain't He at the rim, G. What are we talking about here? And I'm not going to say that that warrants a high level of disrespect from fucking Matt Barnes. Like, yeah. no, I don't think it warrants that. Steven Jackson, I give a little leeway. He had a couple seasons where he was averaging like 18, 20, 22. I get it. Not Matt Barnes. No. <laughs> Not Matt Barnes. Not I, I feel him on that. Like we're not gonna do that. Like you're not going no. Nah. Nah, no, no fucking way. I but agree. he was in the game, bro. He was in the game. He was just he just stunk it up. I'm not gonna go bust, man. Like I said, bust is a like I said, that's like that's watching out the league, man. Like I can't go bust on a guy that played 12 years, man. I'll put it this way: if any of us say 12 years at our job, I can't call our career as a bust. <laughs> I don't know, bro. You could be disappointing, I, but not. You a still bus. gotta produce, right? Right? Maybe a let down. Be disappointing, yes. Like a, a let down. Not you a... still gotta produce, though, bro. You produce. You I agree. I, I agree with that, but I'm saying a, 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 someone thought enough, and it could just because he was seven foot. I think it's more because he was seven foot less than he was Kwame Brown. I think Joe could see a seven foot and go, "Well, you that don't grow on trees." 
mm-hmm. can put him in the middle of our stuff and then let him do his thing. So I agree with you there, but like I said, I, I'm, I'm kind of siding with Kwame on that. Like, I can't call a 12-year vet a bust. I can call him disappointing, underachieving. I can call him a lot of words, but a bust? Like, it's jokers that it's jokers that he was in the same draft class with that didn't play 12 years. The length of the, of the plan don't really – like, fucking Tim Tebow was back in the league. That don't mean shit. He was Tim a Tebow ain't play, Tim Tebow ain't played over six years combined in the league. That's a fact. And we, we ain't gonna act like Tim Tebow. That's straight. I mean, let's go. Stephen A. said it best. That's some white privilege. Come on, man. <laughs> it's definitely it's definitely white privilege. Definitely. Hey, they got many a tight ends in the game that ain't playing right now. You pick a joker that didn't play that sucked that tight end and fullback with the Jets. Ain't gonna bring him back and be like, oh, he can play tight end for me. Come on, man. Yeah, that's crazy. All right. club Sam, Sam Bowie played ten years in the league. Is, is he a bust or not? I don't think he's a bust. We played 10 years. Again, I tell you my definition of a bust. You got to wash out of the league, like, early on. Like, early on, people were like, nah, we watched you. You ain't, you ain't If you over. compare Sam Bowie to the rest of the niggas that was in that 84 draft, <laughs> that nigga's a bust. I'm sorry. He stuck it up. He broke his legs jogging to the water fountain, bro. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that nigga's I'm, a bust, bro. I'm going with Chris. Disappointing, underachieved. Didn't live up to expectations. Once again, we got to put this in it. He me, didn't pick bust, himself number one. Bust is synonymous with those, with those where, especially if you're a number one pick, bust is a, it's synonymous with that shit. RG3 is still in the league for what? What's this, like year eight? He's a yeah. bust. I don't know. He's I a bust. RG3 is that, not a bust. That, 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 that's different than that. That's different than that. <laughs> Let me explain why that's different. One, he suffered a real injury yeah. that changed his career. So the same bully. Hold on, hold on. And again, I say same, but we're in a bus. So I'm, I'm, I'm consistent here. Two, okay. we know how black quarterbacks are treated in the league and name black backup quarterbacks. They don't really exist. You know why? Because they don't think that we can do backup jobs. If, if RG3 was white, he would still have a job right now in the NFL. He been he he still is in the NFL. He been back nah, in the last three years. I thought he retired from the Ravens. When this year, just now, just yeah, so? yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, I didn't hear that. All right, but let's be real. RG three still three white, years of being a backup. RG three was white. He would have had many chances to be a starter, and he would still be in the league as a backup right now. Look, prove me wrong. Tell me that it ain't like that for black quarterbacks. Name black I'm, backup quarterback. That's a fact. That's a fact. So I've been saying like his situation. I wouldn't call a bust. The Joker won rookie of the year. I'm just saying it ain't a bus. A bus is Jamarcus Russell. If you want to see a bus, that's Jamarcus Russell played what two, three years? That's a fact. Never, never heard from him again. That's a bus to me. Like the RG3 league is, pushed you out. RG3 is a bus too. He was uncoachable. <laughs> he couldn't fucking read defense. <laughs> like he was horrible, man. Come on, man. I come. That bust is synonymous with underwhelming, a disappointment, bust. They're the same fucking word. Like, it's synonymous. Ryan, Ryan Leaf is a bust. It's a bust. Hell yeah. But he only played three years. Again, I'm keeping being consistent. The guys I call bust washed out of the league. They couldn't find a role in the league anymore. I don't know, man. If you if you, if you riding around, the only thing like that they, – Like, they bust their ass out of the league. That's what they did. The yeah. only reason – B-U-S and bust their ass out of the league. <laughs> the only reason why RG3 was still in the league is because he had – Half a wheel. He could nigga broke his own ankle. I don't know how the fuck he did that shit. God damn. He broke his own shit. I, and this, all right, I will. I'm gonna back up off that because that's a personal beef. And 
I can feel it coming. I can feel the personal hate coming out right now with, with me, RV3. Because <laughs> he fucked up our progress. You know what I'm saying? So I that might be a little personal and shit, but to me, he's a bust. He can't like he was uncoachable. He thought he was a prima donna. He had a brand and all this other cool shit. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't working on it the same way. You know who else was gonna be a fucking bus? Had a white woman. Go ahead. So that, that's definitely part of me. <laughs> You know who else is gonna be the bus? The, the, the other black kid that just left, fucking uh, waterhead kid. Uh, uh, Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, same same thing. Unfucking coachable. Can't read the defense. Can't hit motherfuckers wide open. Mm. At least be if you don't got it. At least be co- at least try to learn how to do the shit. He gonna be the same way, a bus, and he don't even have. He was first black quarterback that can't run. <laughs> now you had a uh, Byron Leftwich in there. Oh yeah, bro, Leftwich. Well, at least Leftwich can fucking throw the ball. That's true. He can't throw the ball and he can't run. That motherfucker look like me running out there. Like you must be three thirty. That's crazy. But I don't want to. I want to keep shitting on Kwame Brown though. I, 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 if we don't want to call, he had a, a disappointing career for somebody who was a, a a first round draft pick coming out of high school, whatever. But. Whatever you keep talking yeah. that shit, I'll right. be coming for your ass. What is not a bust is this nigga's social media career. Yeah, and he's on these <laughs> niggas' ass. You hear me? <laughs> oh, I remember bad. Do y'all want to hear a little something from Brother Kwame? You gotta yeah, get a little something from Kwame. You gotta get okay. Some give a little, a little something from a. Actually, we should do a. Uh, who did it better? I got, I got the uh, Godfrey one up too. We should do a who did it better, <laughs> Godfrey and Kwame. <laughs> Here, we get Kwame up here for it. If you guys are listening on audio, I apologize. We're pulling up the clip now. Kwame Brown uh, responds to Charlemagne, basically, after Charlemagne did that punk move and sent him a uh, cease and desist letter. It raised up around me. And you say it's public records, but you never looked up those public records. So just one day, you forgot. You said you forgot, and it just came to me. You thought about it the other day. Something just made you think about Kwame's daddy and public records on Kwame's daddy. And you had to go on White Daddy's show and say, Kwame's daddy. Where the gunshots at? (laughs) All week, I'm moving with violence. Everybody's saying this shit. Jamil Hill, all the news stations, Rob Parker, and that Bruchard uh, pencil face bitch. Everybody's talking about how aggressive I am. Okay, yeah, I'm glad you were Kwame, bro. I ain't gonna hold you. I'm tired of Jamil Hill ass too, bro. I all of them, bro. I'm tired of all of them. I'm tired all right, of all right, of let's them. get uh let's get the brother Godfrey and see, this see who crazy. did it better. <laughs> he said he's tired of Jamil, all of them, huh? Oh, oh man, God. Godfrey, a wild boy, man. Cool oh, pencil face bitch. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. See, you done fucked with the wrong nigga. <laughs> Bitch ass nigga. You motherfuckers have been talking shit about me. See? But you done fucked with the wrong nigga. Bitch ass nigga. <laughs> Stephen A. motherfucking Smith. Your bitch ass. I should punch in your motherfucking forehead. <laughs> bitch ass. With your no neck wearing ass motherfucker. Talking shit about me for 10 motherfucking years. Stephen A. Smith, you a failed basketball player, right? Yeah, you can't play no motherfucking ball, huh? 
but you want to talk shit about niggas. I'm getting tired of your motherfucking forehead and your motherfucking hairline, nigga, all the way back on your neck, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> nigga, you done fucked up. You fucking with a Geechee, nigga. Geechee, what? Tell you that right now. Motherfucker. Oh. <laughs> you gotta see his Paul man. Mooney one on the side note. That drone is, is hilarious. Go on his Instagram. That, oh, man. I'm crying, man. That's... <laughs> But you know, I like kind of this like this energy from Kwame Brown. I think more athletes and, and people that are subject to some of these pundits and everything on these different shows, I feel like they should step up, especially if they got a good point or it's people that's unqualified trying to talk down on them. It's like, well, no, you know, you gotta know your role, especially you know, you talking about the Matt Barnes situation. You're not no superstar yourself, so what gives you the authority to come out and land bass other folks, you know, for their careers when yours wasn't the best either. So I, I like the new move. Um, I think this is good for him. He really need to keep the foot on the gas and, and really just take advantage of the opportunities he's got. Cause I know everybody online is just pretty much rooting for him. Cause he, he's killing it. Like it's so entertaining. So hopefully he keeps it up, but um, yeah, yeah I kind of like this flipping the script back on the, the uh, attackers for once and, and getting some, some gain out of it. So that's dope to me. But I'm moving along. Uh, so we had some music released over the week. I know uh, personally, I listened to that currency project. Uh, let me pull it up here. Covert Coop. So this is a joint project with currency and the alchemist. So they worked together in the past. Uh, it's about 10 songs, 28 minutes, solid currency project. You know, if you're a currency friend like me, you're going to get some of that, you know, same old good old spitter, uh, same, you know, style of rapping. He's talking about the cars, uh, you know, his fam, the label, things like that. So it's definitely a good project. I recommend you all listen to it. I mean, then, uh, Nick, I know you listen to somebody. I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Tell us uh, about Ma- it. Makami, the joint produced by uh, 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 Westside Gun. Okay. Um, it was cool. Um, Pray for Haiti. Mm-hmm. Cool 16 tracks, you know, regular hard bars over uh RB S type beats, old school soul beats and shit. Okay. Um a lot of decent features on it. I think he had did he have stove got on there? Uh West Side had Keisha Plum. Mm-hmm. West Side, who else was on that drink? That stove wasn't on there. Uh Melanie Charles. Um yeah, that's it for the features. Uh, Jason, keep scrolling. Get get it off that. You know, we got the PAWR president. We can't be we can't be highlighting folks like that, man. Come on, get it together. <laughs> get it together. <laughs> well, I missed it. Who you had up there? Oh, Who you had up there? Hit that certified lover man, lover boy, whatever oh, that nigga name is. <laughs> Who just got named artist of the decade, by the way. But rightfully funny. so. Rightfully so. I know you hating, but rightfully so. <laughs> you hit on uh, Benny because you know Nip got strong words for Benny. Still, you know. I don't have no strong words for Benny. I just, I don't know, man. Get 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 back with Derringer, man. I go get back to Derringer and Alchemist, man. I'm, yeah, yeah. I listened to it. It was uh, it was okay. Um, it was him and uh and Spech. You know, they're not the bar is not gonna fall off, but that same flow from Benny. Excuse me. I just, yeah, this, yeah. Mm, mm, mm. It's it. I don't. I don't want to say nothing negative about Benny, dog. I, it's 
it's an okay joint. It's not a it's not a horrible listen, but uh-huh. it don't it don't got the same feel as as like the plugs I met and all that shit. You know. Got you. So got you. um. Are you starting? You feel like you like Stove God more a little bit than Benny at this point? I can't say that because Stove God only had one project. That's true. And he need to hurry up and drop some shit. But his features on he's been on a lot of West Side shit, a lot of Boldy shit, mm-hmm. um, Rock Marcy, you know, all the 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 all the uh you know Griselda camp yeah. rap players and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um but yeah, Stove God need to drop something else. I can't say that I like Stove God more than than, than, than Benny. Okay, we'll see. Um, I will album. say that I originally thought that Benny was the was the star out of Griselda, and it's, it's clear that he's not. It's clearly Conway. Mm. It's clearly Conway. Conway has he he hasn't dropped a dud yet. Mm-hmm. Yet, like I don't. I think I think I think he surpassed him when he when he dropped that. Uh, they did that freestyle on um, Fire in the Booth. Mm. And he mm. tore Benny ass up, and I think <laughs> since then. Yeah, when he took his power, reaching his chest. <laughs> yeah, bro. The power of the black. Yeah, have you watched that shit? <laughs> Go watch that. Yeah, he took he took the fucking orb by Benny Chess, bro. On that joint, on that fire. What's it called? The fire, the fire, fire in the booth freestyle. Yeah. Let's see what they got cooking up up there. I'm sure. I hope my laptop don't melt. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> you be spitting. Do rest in peace, man. I know you're gonna dig this. Put on my shoes now. Nah, my hammer was first. Bulletproof the whip I used to take my grandma to church. I went grand for grand with the work. Hand to hand on the first. Everybody who hated now was a fan of us first. Hey, look, underdog, what? What you wanna do? Let's put a hundred more up, nigga. The summer, all us. I'm in two whips. One a Tahoe, one a tour bus. Got so many straps with us, we could start a war up. Yeah. It's a real safe hazard. If you still yay traffic, mm. show where that money coming from still pay taxes the irs coming and they sell fate faster start a business in a building that you still make racks in i learned from my losses stripes i earned from the bosses whipping deuces till them hoopies turned into portions i heard bitches off the lies i heard bitches talking how she minds i sent a text back the bird bitches stalking you gotta be careful these hoes think they fancy I just want my dick sucked. She want to start a family. Mm. She average, get her taxes, and go to Miami. But with this kind of status, I probably go to the Grammys. Mm. I know niggas hate me. I came out the trenches on some new shit. But some waste I invented. Yeah, like credit. Send that cake or you dead it. This the real definition, how you stay down and get it. Yeah. I'm the next Nas in. If they judge us off skill, got your bitch in the middle Times Square, Lauren Hill. Told her mm. my phone was dead. She wrote a number on the bill. Off-white paint on my Look, like hydrated. You see it? You see it? Watch the price shoot. All black. My entourage trash just like shooters. You spend your life with us. Me, I give a night to her. These bitches they don't gotta be nice to us. Thousand grams on the plate. That's what my preference was. So I had interviews with connects, not the Breakfast Club facts. You told me 26. It was 30 before that. I hurried to score that. You was 30 before rap, nigga. Yeah, let me fix my motherfucking jewels right quick. Oh, catch my trick. Fix your furniture. I just bought a new 4-5 for my man. Just came from Atlanta, trunk full. He just got back from a road trip. Gave me two cartridges, box of bullets for both clips. He said, you better buy a couple more. They're going to be so quick. Mm. I said, my nigga, when you sliding off, because I'm going to do this jokes tonight, then I'm back tomorrow to buy them all. Mm. Uh, I took the loss, but now I'm back buying raw. Sell it for the shack, but I but get I it for the buying show. 
niggas next. Mm. The two niggas trying to climb a wall. I put the pressure on your shooters like Kawhi the Claw. First, I'm applying more. Heard six nine testified. I ain't surprised at all. You do walk ups, my nigga. We ain't driving by. I brought Fleet with me and he been down the slide. My nigga did 12 years for letting iron fly. Left when he was 16, he came home Zion size. My doctor mad that I let him operate. I bounced back and I just made more money than my doctor made. Violating you getting the surgeon and the doctor day. Sound like a helicopter landing all the noise my chopper make. Ask if it's a problem, they won't answer me back. I'm caught Zion poorly, Carmelo Anthony back. Really just came to see my plug, I go hand on the sack. I'm smiling like Anderson Pack when he hand me the packs, my nigga shuffle in a gray station, hop out fake Asics, toe flee, you gon' be rich you just gotta stay patient, my bitch looking like a youngster, Nate Lathan, sitting ringside, watching Tank Davis Johnny Dane chain bracelet, niggas mad cause I'm eating, then they can't take it about to drop my album, and the impact on Shake Pavement, if it's wow. smoke four goons pull up with K's waving a lot of bullets thrown like when Brady played Peyton <laughs> designer to my drawers, niggas sliding to the mall, but ain't finding this Dior Nigga, we was in the trenches selling China by the store, window watcher in the trap, Mac 90 by the door, in Houston, riding down Westheimer in the car that costs more than what you signed for. Admire from afar. If you niggas run up on me, then I'm firing this raw chopper. Set you fuck niggas on fire. I'm the guard, nigga. He's on fire. He's on fire. Oh, oh, man. Man. Oh, man. Yeah, bro. The bleak pinta. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, okay. Well, all right. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I heard Benny verse. It was like, oh, this thing raw. Why, why? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That was That's it right crazy. there. Okay. Well, all right. Hey, the hand I guess is the <laughs> It happens. It happens. But yeah, um, just circling back. So you know, we've had a, a few of these outings with uh, rappers working with solely one uh, beat maker for the duration of the project. Um, me. I actually like those projects. I think it gives the the overall um, artistic effort a bit more cohesion. Um, I feel like they can be a little bit more artistic with that approach. Uh, as far as the business, I'm not sure. Maybe if that would be a little bit cheaper or more expensive. If you're doing a whole project, you know, with one individual, I would think maybe they might, you know, cut you a deal or something like that on the beach or something like that because they're getting a fair amount of exposure too. So that might be another benefit or something, but I, I know I tend to I tend to enjoy these. I will say I kind of view them a little bit differently because to me, outside looking in, it, it's more so like I don't always view these as like full length feature albums. If that makes sense, um, outside of the Nas one, because I think he solely worked with Hit Boy on that project, right? Or do he have other? Uh, no, I think we just on the Hit Boy. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So that would be yeah. kind of the one caveat for me, just because Nas don't really drop like that, but. With artists like Currency or um, some of the Griselda Cats, uh, Boldy James, you know, Freddie Gibbs, people like that, when they kind of get in the, the lab with that one producer, um, I think it's I think it's pretty dope. And they come out with some good stuff. But like I said, I don't always necessarily look at it as like their marquee feature album, if that makes sense. What do y'all think? What are your thoughts? Uh I, I like both. I, I like, um, like you said, when Freddie did his drink with um, Mad Lib. Mad Lib. Mm -hmm. um, I like how, uh, of course, Black Thought, mm -hmm. how he did his joints. Every Streams of Thought uh, was a different producer. Like he used mm -hmm. different producers with each 
volume was a different joint. Like his first joint was um uh Salam Remy. Okay, uh, okay. who's the other producer? Salam Remy. I think Salam Remy did the the second one. The first one was uh Ninth Wonder was the first one. Ninth Wonder, there you go. Damn, I can't. All right, yeah. So I like that where he went Salam Remy, ninth. I can't remember who did the third one, but um one was done by uh Sean C. Okay, yeah, yeah. But I like that theme of like like he's doing it with one producer, but each each volume was mm-hmm. was a different but it, it wasn't like a a, a a joint of each each joint was one producer. Yeah, uh, I do like that, but I do like other joints like when how uh like Conway switched it up. At first it was just all Derringer and, mm-hmm. and Alchemist, he switched it up and, and went um and started using like Hit Boy and uh Conway's new shit where he's he's mixing up the producers or whatever. I can't uh-huh. remember everybody using shit. But um how they start. So I, I like it both ways. It shows the versatility, it shows when you use a, a different producer, nine times ten, you gotta start using a different flow, you gotta uh-huh. use different content and shit like that. So um um yeah, I like them both. But it does when you go one, well, I guess it's not the same thing as one producer, but when you have like I'm watching the, the, the clips come up when you have it when it was just like one rapper, one DJ type shit. That feels mm-hmm. when it's the one tape, when it's the one producer on the one tape. You know what I mean? I, I you know, it, it gives you that old school feel, like you know, yeah, Rock Kim, LL, and uh, and Cut Creator and shit like that. You know, but, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm gonna, I wasn't go for many. Beat makers on an album, I, as long as you can keep that same like I guess I'm gonna use the word synergy and energy, because a lot of times when you get multiple producers on the album, the album doesn't feel cohesive. But if you can get multiple producers and again you keep that same synergy and energy, I mean it works. I look at and I guess I'm also biased because my my favorite rapper is Jay Z, so. Mm-hmm. Most of his albums had multiple people jumping in and out of there doing that. Um, most of the albums I probably rock with on a full basis probably had the whole situation with different producers coming in and doing work. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, it, <clears throat> the outliers always the outliers because you get the outliers like Kanye's first three where he made predominantly all the beats or had a hand in every single beat and song that was made. So you get those. We just we just saw the clip with uh, Woo. Me know the RZA pretty much did every single beat for them until they kind of got a little bougie on his ass later on, and mm-hmm. they started bringing in other people because they wanted you know change the sound. But at that point, RZA was doing all the beats, so it, it 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 goes that way. But I think also I look at albums like Big's albums. Like I feel like Big's albums didn't have one produce. I mean, one beat maker. Like we know it's one producer because right. Diddy Diddy wasn't gonna miss no checks. But right. he had multiple uh, beat makers on there, so I'm always going to be in favor of multiple producers. But I think you have to be a strong enough artist to come in with multiple producers and let them know kind of what kind of album you're crafting. Because I think if you go on multiple producers and maybe you're a newer artist, you're probably going to have more of a habit of letting them dictate to you what the song and album should feel like. And then mm-hmm. you're getting four or five different people telling you what your song or album should feel like, and then it never feels like a complete album. So I'm always going to rock with multiple producers as long as the artist is strong enough to have a vision of what his album is. If you don't have a vision of your album, 
that are cool. Work with one guy because then you guys can craft that vision together mm-hmm. and make that feel connected all through the album. So th- that's my thoughts on it. Dope, dope. Yeah, I like the the point you brought out about kind of having that strong vision of what you want your project to be. Um, especially I think that's important with people's debut albums, right? Where you don't get afforded as much room for creativity. You know, people will generally want certain things from oh, you gotta have good beats, you gotta have good bars. You know, you can't really get too far out there on your initial outing. So I think I think that's a good point you brought up about really making sure you know what you want going into it. If you're gonna be working with a lot of different producers. So So speaking of pushing boundaries, um, I know you've all have seen Tropic Thunder. It's almost a classic at this point. Um, And we frequently question ourselves as to why Robert Downey Jr. didn't really get any, I shouldn't say any, he didn't get much pushback back then when the movie came out, even though he acted in blackface. Fast forward, and now he's starting to get pushback for um, acting in blackface. Uh, gentlemen, how do you feel about this? Are you rocking with uh, Robert Downey in the movie, or you think it was whack? Yeah, I'm rocking with him, dog. Like my man said, he's the dude playing the dude, disguised as the dude. <laughs> like, what else does he have to say? You know what I mean? think, I think like, Jay got a clip now. You're going to go ahead and play it, Jay. But, you know, there were times when I was doing Jack, that I actually felt retarded, like really retarded. I mean, I brushed my teeth retarded. I rode the bus retarded. Damn. In a weird way, I had to sort of just free myself up and believe that it was okay to be stupid or dumb. To be a moron. Yeah. To be moronical. Exactly. To be a moron. An imbecile. Yeah. Not the dumbest motherfucker that ever lived. When I was playing the character. When you was a character. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as Jack. Definitely. Jack. Stupid ass Jack trying to come back from that. In a weird way, it was almost like I had to sort of fool my mind into believing that it wasn't retarded. And by the end of the whole thing, I was like, wait a minute, you know, I flushed so much out. How am I going to jumpstart it up again? It's just like, yeah, yeah, right? You was farting in bathtubs, laughing your ass off. (laughs) (laughs) But simple Jack thought he was smart, or rather didn't think he was retarded, so he can't afford to play retarded being a smart actor. Playing a guy who ain't smart but thinks he is, that's tricky. Hmm. Tricky. It's like working with Mercury. It's high science, man. It's art form. Yeah. yeah. You an artist. Mm. That's what we do, right? Yeah. yeah. Hats off for going there. Especially knowing not the Academy is about that shit. Wait. About what? <laughs> I was going to get to the part where we were like, you never go full, you know, retard, <laughs> but... We already in enough heat already. We don't. I mean, we damn near oh, yeah. go away from getting canceled anyway. Who made this so we might as well. about to come after us, man. Who made this joke? Shoot, they about to. Yeah, yeah. We almost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, look, I'm I'm look. I, I rock with Robert Downey Jr. So it's very little unless I just see him somewhere just popping off the N word. It's gonna uh-huh. be hard for me not to rock with him. And the thing when we were talking about this, like I text him like. The thing is, like, all right, yeah, he's in blackface, all right, and we should, quote-unquote, play everything equal. But I think in the movie, one, it's part of the joke that he was a method actor. Mm-hmm. So he made himself, you know, changed his pigment of his skin to be black because he was a method actor. But two, every time homeboy get a little flagrant, like the black dude, was it Brandon Jackson or Brandon mm-hmm. Jackson or whatever? Yeah. He'd be checking his ass. Like, but well, he'd be like, oh, what do you mean, you, you know, you people? 
And then the black dude, the real black dude was like, what do you mean you keep like <laughs> anytime he got real flagrant, like the black dude would check him and he was like, Oh, yeah, we're gonna get some hog balls, some collard green. And he was like, and then like he he started like clowning him up, like, oh, oh, we're gonna go and get some. He go, man, shut up, man. You're Australian, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, so anytime he went like probably too far, we probably be like, all right. He got checked, and so that mm-hmm. was the that was the movie's way of saying, "Hey, look, I we know this is offensive, but we're not gonna let him be like he's not playing blackface to displace another black person to, or yeah. to represent a black person in a light that's unfavorable. Right. He's playing blackface because he thought as a method actor in this movie, which is a comedy, that a method actor would have to be black to get into the role of playing right. a black man. Like, mm-hmm. so right. I, man, I was with it because the joke is what is supposed to be funny and. If you can't be offensive in comedy to a degree, because some shit is a little off the line, but if you can't be offensive in comedy, I don't think you could be offensive anywhere else in the world. Like comedy is probably the last refuge where you could still kind of get away with it. Even mm-hmm. what was that movie with the the white dude that was pretending to be black to get a radio job, LaQuisha or whatever that shit was? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can't. Did that shit even come out? I don't think it came out. That's the thing. I don't think it came out. Homeboy was acting extra, but that's the point. Like, nobody was checking him. Like, it's okay if you're going to do this to try to make some point about, I don't know if he was trying to make it about black privilege or what. I don't know. Let's not Mm. get that dude no more time. But the point is, is that it was no checks and barriers there. It was offensive for the fact of being offensive. This was Mm. offensive in the fact of being funny to show that, like, this is preposterous and like at at all levels. Like, yeah, I think I think I'm on the fringe. I'm I'm cool with all the offensive shit. I like all that offensive shit. Like, yeah, I used to work around predominantly um, uh, Caucasian fellas. I used to get them to tell me like all the, like the black jokes, <laughs> like the white the white people the the white people jokes that about black people that they never say around black people. Yeah, and them shits are funny, man. Like, I was like, I, I like all that. The like, guy, that shit is hilarious, man. Like, I, I'm cool with all of it. I don't give a shit. I don't give a damn. Slow, slow down, Nip. Slow down now. <laughs> oh, I, 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 I'm just saying. I mean, I think I kind of agree with Nip almost too, because like the, cool the, the, the point I feel like of comedy, like whoever is the butt of the joke is going to feel some kind of way about it. It's, you're not really going to find too many people that are just cool getting joked on or clowned at. Like, I think that's kind of the point. My thing is when like people go overboard and like just ham on one particular group all the time if you got comics that kind of spread the love in air quotes amongst you know different groups or different races and everything like that and they just kind of coming at everybody i don't really feel bad about it or singled out but it'd be different if you had like one person that's all their joke their whole career is based off of black jokes or stuff like that then it's kind of like okay you know where you're coming from but everybody's going to be the butt of a joke um just as long as it's not Damaging or inciting any kind of violence and stuff like that. I, I, I think it's cool. Well, I mean, I was like, because I got to, I don't know, I feel like it's about to get into those me and me and Nip debates again, but we're not going to go there. I'm going to let him have, I'm going to have his way. All I'm going to say on the caveat of that is that if you got a dude that you're like, oh, tell me your black jokes, that is like some knock knock. What do you do when a black guy walks in a bar shit? All right, we, we like, no. If it's like a bad joke where they go, well, like somebody would say, tell me my, a white joke. I don't really have a white joke. I would just make fun of how white people are. Mm-hmm. Like, now, if you were to make fun of how black people are, yeah, okay, I'm with you. Like, like, oh, let me go get my joys. But, okay, yeah, I'm going to laugh. I'm cool. But if it's like some, if a black guy and a white guy walk into the bar 
and the bartender says, "Nigga, get out of here!" Ha! Like, come on, bro. Like, we, we, like, AJ, AJ, why do why do black why do black men like basketball so much? You can run, shoot, and steal. <laughs> <laughs> That's messed up. Like, no, oh no, it's we, bad. We can't, we can't have white people telling me that joke, bro. Like, you can't have white people telling me I that guess joke. So like, that, that was funny. That shit was hilarious, oh no. guys. It, it's, it's it's amusing, but I'm imagine a white dude telling me this. But it's only because maybe my twisted mind is like, oh shit, like it's funny because like the stereotypes and shit. Like, I don't know, like. But they're not using it as a stereotype. They're using it because some other racist told him that joke, and he repeated it to you because you wanted to know. No, no, no good upstanding white guy came up with that joke. A racist ass white dude came up with that joke and told another racist ass white guy, and then finally you was like, "Hey, tell me the most racist ass jokes you got." And they're like, "Oh yeah, sure, buddy. Why not?" Like, like that's that's my problem. It's like it came it came from a place that wasn't on no. Hey, we're endeared to the community. We making fun of stereotypes. That's that where the best shit, that shit. That's where the best shit comes from, though. It's not from like, oh, let me be sensitive to motherfuckers' feelings and all that shit. It's from the real, like, I think this shit is funny. I believe the stereotypes type shit. Like when uh who was that? Uh it wasn't Chappelle. Was it Chappelle or Chris Rock? Yeah, when it was like when he had that, he was like um in San Francisco. Oh shit. Go ahead, dude. <laughs> Go, ahead. Go ahead. Now you there now. <laughs> they, just, they, just, they, just, they had a gay dude. They don't have police sirens. They just have a gay dude on top of the car. That's that's just this is bad, right? The show is over. Can we get canceled? <laughs> like it, it's coming from a place that is not incarnated to be like, hey, we get along, so it's good that we can joke with each other. It's coming from a place of. Hey, we're gonna huddle around because we don't want a black guy to know this joke that we're talking about and make fun of them. That's my point. That's my only point. It's the reason oh, why white folks. I don't know, I like, I don't know bro. I, but you asked him. I thought he would have told you that joke if you wouldn't didn't ask him to tell you jokes like that. He would have oh, came wow. up to you and been like, "Hey, I mean, yeah, he probably would have been scared you his ass whooped." Yeah, okay, yeah, that's yeah. my point. Now, if it's really yeah, yeah. a joke, then why are you afraid of getting your ass whooped? Because you know it's fucked up and you know it's wrong. But it's funny. It's risky. Well, I'm not knocking what's funny in that. Like, just like somebody told me this joke, like, what happens if you mix a Mexican and an octopus? And I was like, I don't know. He goes, I don't know either, but they'll pick a hell of a lot of oranges. And I'm like, God, dang. like, you only telling me this because I'm not Mexican. If it was a Mexican dude sitting right beside me, you would, but man, you wouldn't say, like, that's my point is like, would they tell this joke to me if they really just thought this is just funny and there's no racism? Like, I'm not racist telling you a funny, <laughs> fucked up joke. No, they would not do it. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you if you afraid to tell me, then don't do the joke. Nip was over there cracking up. Like, <laughs> the video. He is cracking up with that orange joke. Like, you know, I just love fucked up humor, though. I just love fucked up humor. I know it's bad. Like, but I'm also the black guy who's like, like nothing really. It feels like I was having it. Yeah, it's probably better. So, like, I don't. I've never had a conversation with somebody like that, but I've seen conversations with like, all right, well, are you offended by like the white people saying the N word and shit like that? And I don't have it bother me. Like, is it wrong? Yes. I can acknowledge that certain shit is wrong. Like, yes. Is it, is it fucked up that groups of people have certain jokes about other groups of people that are offensive based upon the stereotypes? Yes, it's probably fucked up. But this shit is funny. Like, it just is. Like, I'm not offended. 
time. Like if if that's how you feel, that's how you feel. I can't change people's feelings and 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 prejudices and all that cool shit. One, they're real, but two, they're based out of like ignorance. Mm-hmm. They don't know if I'm a, if I'm a like. There's probably a lot of shit that I think about other races and cultures and groups of people, gender, non, whatever's. <laughs> And all that shit because mm-hmm. it's just not a part it's just not a community that I'm a part of mm-hmm. so I'm not going to be offended if you're from outside of my community and you have jokes based upon stereotypes that your mom or your grandma told me told you or whatever like that yeah now if we're having a serious conversation and you're just blatantly being disrespectful I probably still won't be offended but it's just like all right like you see what time it's like I see what type of time you want. All right, cool, whatever. Like it's not gonna be I'm not about to fight anybody. I'm not gonna fight a white dude for calling me a nigger with the hard R. Like I'm just not all right, you got it off nah, your chest, nah, G. I, 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 I'm looking right now on it. I will fight a white dude for calling me a nigger with the hard R. Yes. I will fight you. I, I I'm not doing it. And now if we already in an altercation. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, hold on, let me let me let me rewind that so people can understand that. Yes, white person, if you call me a nigga with a hard R, we are fighting because it's beyond the word. It's the fact that you think it's okay that you can disrespect me to the point of calling me something that slaves were called. That means you think you're such a better person than me that you can call me that. Yes, I will fight you because you chose to use that word deliberately to disrespect me to to get me up in it. So you're gonna get what you asked for. That's my premise on it. It can be different, even if he called me a fucking a, a bitch or something like that. Mm. The point is, like, you use that word intentional to try to rile me up to disrespect. No, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna give you what you want. If you call me, yeah, yeah, we got it. Suck your dick. You tell me to suck your dick. Oh yeah, that's fucking words. You, you are doing it as a way of just being like, flip it. You were doing it in a way to try to be like, you want that smoke, so I'm going to bring you that smoke. Uh, so I put. If okay, if a white person, we're probably gonna end up fighting, but it's probably gonna be about the original altercation of Ed, like that leads up to him dropping the end. Right, right. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. In that case, yes. But if I'm like around my white homie and he's rapping a Dr. Dre song and he accidentally drops the nigga, I was like, I don't give a fuck. I don't care. Like, and I know that's wrong as a black man, no. super, and I'm definitely super pro black. But certain shit just doesn't offend me. Like I'm no, more offended by that, like that. That's different too, because you already saying that don't offend you. So if you're with your white friend, he say it. Like that's okay. Now if I'm with my white friend and they know like them using the N word offends me, and they use it in a rap song. Yeah, that's but different. yeah, if you're not offended yeah. by it, then yeah, yeah. By, all, by all means, let them have yeah, it. I don't. Yeah, but I, I don't. tell my white friend too. Hey, don't do that around other black folks because we don't. Yeah, care. I, I, I'm, 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 to be clear, I've never been around a white person that's done that, so my feeling mm-hmm. may change when it actually happens. But I know that, like, I don't view, like, I don't view racism as like personal, and maybe that's fucked up on my part. But I've never felt like. This one white guy who feels a certain type of way, or this one Asian guy, or whatever, mm-hmm. is like racism is a system. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't think it's like when you think of these people who have these negative views of other cultures, races, whatever. It's because they've been and they've grown up in communities and families who have. I don't want to say instill, but they've loosely like used these stereotypes, terms, and things like that around them. Like, I my grandpa, 
most Christian, whatever, whatever. You think he ain't dropped some some, some racially fucking <laughs> inappropriate shit at the McDonald's? Like, who in the McDonald's? If you go to work here and learn how to speak English, like, oh, God, that's what you can say to a nigga in the drive through. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just certain shit from old people. It just happens, bro. Like, there's no way you can say that shit now in 2021. But when he said that shit, it was hilarious. I mean, it's still hilarious now. What <laughs> 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 I'm saying, if people would just not be so fucking offended all the time, like some of this shit is funny. And to me, if you're not offended by it, it leads to a, a better and more open conversation about shit. That motherfuckers would not feel like so uptight about, or feel more uncomfortable about having conversations that are uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're going to say something in a conversation that may be offensive that you don't even know is offensive. But if you come in lighthearted, like nothing really, like if you come in with, with thick skin, like all right, nothing that this person is going to say that's going to offend me, whatever, whatever, whatever. You mm-hmm. can have an open conversation. You can enlighten a motherfucking. You can be enlightened. I've yeah, been enlightened. Okay, okay, okay. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. We come on, man. If you if you got a dude that's willing to have a conversation with you, then yes, I agree with you. Then yes, it should be, and I've had conversations with many conservatives who I personally think are racist because of the system they built into. But I say the same thing to them: like, don't be offended to say what you got to say. That is right. a completely different thing because that guy's coming to the table with his seat, willing to try to learn or at least have a diverse conversation of debates or ideas or ideologies, whatever. That's a completely different method than what the hell are we talking about on some person who got racist ass jokes, but some of their racist ass friends, and they just told the black guy because the black guy was cool with racism. That's a completely different whole conversation, Wait, my friend. I didn't say I was like, cool with racism. <laughs> I mean, you pretty much, that's what you just said. Well, it's not a one-person thing. It's a system thing. Yeah, that, that's cool with racism. Yes, that one person is racist All as right. fuck. I'm and cool the with system has enabled him to be racist. I'm cool with a little bit of racism. Like, I'm cool with a little bit. Oh, like, we all are. And I agree. We all are. Let's bring a little bit of that shit on there. Mama's cooking. Mama's cooking. Yeah, yeah. Mama's cooking. A little bit of that shit in there. We are all okay with a little bit of racism. Yeah. I'm just saying, I'm not trying to grab the racism and say, hey, let Let's me know what goes on in y'all meetings. Because <laughs> right? you know what he's going to tell his friends? Oh, man, I was at work with this nigger, and he was like, tell me all these nigger jokes I had. And, man, I was he was cracking up. He loved them more than me. And he's going to go in the restaurant and get his eye dotted up because he's going to do that with the wrong nigger. All right, well, then, racism solved. <laughs> he get his ass beat, nigga. <laughs> playing the seed for the ass whooping. He's like, look, okay, yeah, 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 that's cool. Okay. Now, that's kind of um, you bring up that point, which is kind of um, it reminds me of Joe Rogan. Uh, he had a dude, I forget the gentleman's name, um, but he would go around and like meet members of the KKK. He was a black, I think, uh, yeah. pianist or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah he would yeah, go yeah. and meet them and kind of just. Through the friendship, break down those walls to the point where the people was like, dang, I can't be a part of this organization no more, you know, based on my relationship with, with this dude and him kind of showing me the light. So I think it kind of works both ways. But I know you mentioned in the high school kids, too. I don't know. To me, it seemed like almost worse when like little kids or, or like teenagers it do it. They don't really get babies doing it. Yeah. They don't get all of the, like they're right. not old enough to comprehend the reasoning behind it. It's like, you're just indoctrinated at that point. It's like, that's all they have known. It's like, 
they're just super ignorant of everything. So it's, God dang, they got you mad early. Already at the <laughs> gate coming swinging. So you know what I mean? It's kind of like, ooh. But adults, like you're right, you know, I don't they, they don't really phase me too much. I know the whole N-word thing. I will definitely like, like, man, that's not cool. But I'm not about to jump down their throat about it. But if they keep doing it, I'll feel more awkward for more awkward until I just remove myself from the situation. I just don't like dealing with that stuff because I don't be seeing like the angry black dude every time something happened. I'm about to go off and elbow somebody in the throat. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm definitely angry black man, but like sticks and sticks and stones, nigga. Like that's a fact. But I've had arguments with people like my. I think the worst word you can call me is the p word. Like that, I hate that fucking word. Like I hate that word. The the okay. for female genital. I got I you say, say what, that pastor? shit to me. That shit is automatic. Pokemon, smoke. huh? I, I was Pokemon. Like, Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> That don't like to be called a Pokemon. Yeah, I don't like to call ass Pokemon you, ass nigga. If you call me a Pokemon cause, that shit is automatic. You might get popped. Like I might shoot. Like I, that, I hate that word, bro. I never use that word. Even if I'm talking about getting busy with a shorty, I mm -hmm. never use that word, bro. I hate that word. I don't know what what it is to make my fucking balls itch, man. I hate that <laughs> word, bro. I hate it. So that'll get you fucked up quicker than than calling oh, me. Oh lord. If I was just walking down the street and somebody was like, man, I can't believe these niggas in this state, I'm not going to trip. I don't care. That's your problem, cuz. But if it's right. like we sitting in the grocery store and like we got some friction and then you drop it on me, then I'm like, all right, now we got to. Because that right, using yeah. that word is saying. nigga took the last job, Peter Pan. No, 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 no. <laughs> if, we, if, we, if we on that tip, yeah, I got to I gotta, I gotta run you this fade. Like that's because that's just right. straight up. You just trying to say the worst shit that you could say to me. Exactly. You, you trying to dig in my shit. Like, that's, yeah, no, that's different. No, no, no. That's just as bad as dropping the P word on me. Like, yeah, yeah I might pop it. I might give you a leg shot. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. That prejudice on you. <laughs> I might give you a leg shot. I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> hey, it's not a tip to murder if I hit for the leg. If I aim for your foot or your leg, it's not a tip to murder. It's assault. This is so. There you go. There you go. More uh, legal advice with Nick. <laughs> hey, don't nobody take that legal advice. <laughs> Fuck around, get fifteen to twenty. Taking that legal advice. Don't take that legal advice. Oh you better off saying you were standing your ground and saying you. <laughs> your honor, I aim for his leg and foot. I'm trying to kill him. <laughs> you better say I tried to stand my ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this has been the latest episode of the Gladiator <laughs> Podcast. Uh, we stream on, um, you can find our videos on. Uh, Might not be streaming no more after the day. I don't know. <laughs> Look, get it where you can, shoot. Look, do re uh, SEO, reverse Google image search, whatever you can, man. They're they, they pulling this down. No, just kidding. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube. Uh, Spotify, anywhere pretty much you listen to a podcast, you can find the Gladiator Cypher podcast, which of course is a hit Cannon Circus production. Uh, we'll be back next week with some more laughs. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe. Definitely engage with the posts. We want to hear your comments. I know you're probably going to have a lot of comments out of this okay, one. Yeah, man. I don't know. A bunch of racists going to come out on this one. <laughs> I agree with that. Go on. I mean, black boy on the top of the screen. He knows what it's like in America. He's one of the good ones. <laughs> yeah. And don't worry, sir. I won't call you a Pokemon, but I call you a nigger. <laughs> oh my god.
goodness, boy. That's been it, folks. We'll catch you later. Peace out. That's it. No ticket. No. This, this is a this head, is a head cannon, cannon production. Circus production.